0: The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company, because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. I'm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, worshiping the God of Abraham,
1: Isaac, and Jacob, just because the Son of God was willing to break barriers. My forefathers were pagan Vikings, and I'm here worshiping the God of Jacob. That's awesome.
0: He pastors a church in Iceland. Welcome to First Person, where you'll meet Gunnar Gunnarsson, who has a vision not only for his church in Iceland, but for many churches to come in that country. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Welcome to First Person. We'll get to our interview in just a moment after I remind you that we'd love to connect with you on Facebook. Let us know you're listening, share a comment or two, and post any suggestions you have about upcoming guests. You'll find us at facebook.com slash Interview. Last week, we met TV meteorologist Andre Bernier. Of course, you'll find that interview in our archive at firstpersoninterview.com. Well, meeting Andre and watching his blog online led me to something called the Iceland Project. Nothing to do with the weather, but a church planning vision for Iceland. The pastor spearheading the project is Gunnar Gunnarsson, or Son of Gunnar, as is the naming tradition in Iceland. I contacted Gunnar online, and the more I learned, the more I became interested in this story. When we connected, I first congratulated him on the recent birth of his son. Yes, the fourth child just got here four weeks ago. So That's wonderful, exciting. That's wonderful. And you have four children. How old are they? Uh, well, it changes every year. So let me uh, let <laughs> me <it>? refresh <laughs> that. It's
1: uh, nine nine year old boy, five year old daughter, three year old
0: boy, and then a four week old daughter. Okay, so. so two girls and two boys now in the family. Yeah wonderful yeah. wonderful but it hasn't been without his challenges I understand no uh,
1: our oldest boy's got uh, he's got autism so that presents uh, a unique challenge to to work around that and for him to communicate and, and overcome that and uh, but he also when he was three years old he faced a cancer diagnosis and mm. leukemia diagnosis oh. and uh, about I guess it was almost three years ago now that he finished that. So he's been cancer-free for a while now. Praise God. Wonderful. Uh, but in the midst of that, our second boy was born. Uh, and he was born with a very rare genetic mutation that only uh, three other people in the world have. And oh. So they don't know much about it. But he uh, can't can't keep himself up. His muscles are weak. His mm. organs are weak. He has to be fed through a tube. and mm. And he... Yeah, he's facing his own challenges and and teaching us a lot, even though he hasn't used any words yet, Uh, but he's teaching us a lot of lessons. Hmm. What's his name so we can pray for him? Solomon. Solomon. Tell us about your wife. My wife, her name is Svava, which is uh, unique for Americans to try to say, Uh, (laughs) but if I spell it out, they usually get it S-V-A-V-A, Svava. Okay. We've been married for coming on 10 years, actually uh, past 10 years now. And uh, yeah, she's just absolutely amazing. She's an amazing mom. Uh, She's pushed me uh, so much to just focus on God in the midst Mm -hmm. of difficulty and and challenged me, in especially serving others and loving others. She is just an amazing friend, uh, an amazing woman in, in, in general. Yeah. Is, well, yeah.
0: please greet her for us. We're, we're, do. We appreciate the time that she's sharing you with us here today. Hey, um, you live in such a unique place. You know Americans are enamored with places like Iceland that sound so foreign to us where we've never been. Many of us have never been there. What is life like for you? What, what, is, uh, what is something you want us Americans to know about Iceland?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a unique place. It's sort of because it's an island between America and Europe, so it's a a good blend of European culture and American culture, too. Uh, Most people here speak English. Depending on where you live in the U.S., the the biggest difference between Iceland and the U.S. would be the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, our... Unofficial national motto is which means basically it's all going to work out. And so <laughs> it's pretty that late means back. That, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it means we're procrastinators and we're really skilled in procrastinating and then trying to hastily go through uh, through projects. If you want to get to know Icelandic culture, actually, there's a Netflix stand up comedian called uh, Are Altiot, and he just released a Netflix special called
0: pardon my Icelandic. Okay.
1: uh, And it's actually relatively clean,
0: if not entirely clean, if I remember correctly. Right. I will look for that. That's part of the education about Iceland, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know here we are in early March and uh, I know it's been a long winter for you, hasn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's this time of year when the sun is coming up and we're trying to catch up on our vitamin D uh, (laughs) from the sun and yeah yeah it's it's just I love this time of year I, I love it when you start to really notice this the days getting longer because at the peak uh you know december twenty first is the summers uh winter solstice and then we have roughly four hours of sunlight which just really starts to get to you after a few weeks mm-hmm. and months of that uh, so this time of year when you're starting to experience the lengthening of the days and especially when you get to june and it's basically sunrise for 20 hours a day yeah. 20 20- it feels like 24 hours a day. Yeah. How, do you, how do you get to
0: sleep at night? How do you get the kids to sleep at night?
1: Blackout curtains and uh, a lot of, lot of uh, frustrating talks with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> trying to say, no, it's actually nighttime. I, I promise. I'm not joking. <laughs>
0: well, I want to talk about the spiritual life in Iceland and uh, what uh, God has called you to do. But tell me your story. I've heard just a, li- a little bit of your story of coming to faith. I, I want to hear it in your own words. So, Iceland uh, is a really, really peaceful country. We're regularly up there
1: with the most peaceful countries in the world, maybe in top five lists, uh, which means that we have like one or two murders per year. Uh, But back when I was 10 years old, uh, we had a murder around New Year's and it was my grandmother. And she was one of two that year that got murdered in the country, which started me asking a lot of questions about what what is the point of life and why would a good God allow a God-fearing grandmother to be stabbed to death in her apartment and um, so I it's just put me down this rabbit hole um, basically I started with the assumption that there was nothing really to this Christianity that I grew up with so I started looking for comfort in other ways I started drinking a lot at age fourteen um, by by the end of fourteen years old, I was starting to do, yeah, just smoke dope, basically <laughs> yeah. cannabis, uh-huh. and then and then from there, just going deeper and deeper into um, different drugs, mm. just to try to drown out the feelings of just feeling empty, feeling void. Later, I, I would really identify with what Augustine of Hippo said, like seventeen hundred years ago. He said that you know, God, you have created us for yourself and our hearts are restless mm-hmm. until they find their rest in you. Amen, yeah. And that that rest was what I was looking for. Yeah. And of course, just doing a horrible job, you know, trying to find rest in substance abuse or having people comfort me when I needed God.
0: And so- Yeah, you went you went to Bible school in the States though.
1: Yeah, in Huntsville. Yeah, so my dad was one of the- one of the most famous people in Iceland and not famous, infamous. Like he was known as the conservative, like a lot of people hated him. Uh, a pastor? Yeah, yeah. he was a pastor. I mean, I would, I came to my house one time. I was covered in ketchup. Someone had like oh. thrown ketchup all over the house. Uh, one person tried to hit him with the car. Oh, I goodness. mean, he was really hated by a lot of people. And so while I was partying, they were asking me questions about what my stance was on various Christian issues and I was like, Man, I don't really care. And uh I I couldn't really flee from it because I looked like him and my name is Gunnar Gunnar's son. I am I'm Gunnar, the son of Gunnar. That's how our naming system works. Mm -hmm. And so everyone knew who I was and my dad was. And I just wanted to get somewhere where no one knew my dad or who I was. And I knew my dad would probably pay for it if I said I wanted to go to Bible school.
0: So I went to Huntsville, Alabama, to a Bible program there for three years. Okay. So, yeah. and you survived that even though you really, I mean, did you believe in God at all?
1: No, like in that program, I would have told you I was a Christian. Uh, looking back, I was probably a deist. I believe in the existence of God and I was trying to be a moral person. Uh-huh. I didn't understand my need for a savior. I didn't understand the amazing grace of Jesus and my need for it. Um. But yeah, I became a deist there, I would say now, looking back. Hmm. Um, And I was just, I had this very moral view of Christianity, which of course, I mean, seeking to reflect Jesus is great, but unless you have the root of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the fruit is just going to be horrible and you're going to fail so miserably. And that's what I experienced for basically from 16 years old when I went to Huntsville to 21 when I finally came to faith and i understood my need for a savior describe that moment what was the turning point well actually i started preaching when i was 17 (laughs) not a christian i was I, i became a youth pastor at 20 still not a christian uh i was and it was the youth ministry started out with my little niece basically and it started growing and the kids started to ask a lot of questions this was following the financial collapse here in iceland And uh, I was working a grocery store job. I just took the first available job and it was miserable. (laughs) I I was posting ingredient labels on every product from the U.S. So if you imagine a mountain of ramen noodles that just had to be ingredient labeled, uh, I guess. And I was listening to podcasts from preachers. I saw some seminaries, had lectures online for free. So I started listening to answer the the kids that were asking me these questions for youth services and listening there. I just remember this week where I entered the week on a Monday, a heathen, and I came out on a Friday, a Christian. Hmm. And meanwhile, I was just listening to to guys that were preaching the gospel constantly and, and yeah, encouraging me to reflect Jesus and to serve Jesus and to, love like jesus but also just first to love jesus for who he is and what he has done and to have that root because without that i mean that's like a a a car without gas it's not going to go anywhere i I loved that preaching because they were they went for my heart they weren't seeking sort of behavioral transformation they were seeking heart transformation and and that's what god did in that grocery store listening to these podcasts
0: That's amazing. And there's more to Gunnar Gunnarsson's story. We'll get to it as you stay tuned to First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Gunnar, Gunnar son. I understand the etymology of your name now. That's very interesting that uh, you were son of Gunnar. You have a background in film. You're such an interesting guy. You have a background in film. You're a pastor now. There's something called the Iceland Project, which we'll talk about. But I, I want to talk to you about Iceland as a country spiritually. Uh, I know there's sort of a mixture of Christianity, but it's it's a shallow Christianity, isn't it, so to speak? So, so basically, the culture cultural Christianity
1: is very ingrained in Iceland. Okay. So much so that the words, like our word for baptism, is skir, and that is the same word for naming someone or something, skir. So it was back in the day. You would get baptized, and then you would announce the name of the child. So it's so ingrained that it's you know it means the same thing to mm-hmm. baptize someone and to name someone. And um, so Christianity came here a thousand years ago. It was it was basically like hey you you can become Christians or die by the sword. <laughs> so it's definitely yeah. not a, an you evangelism a tactic yeah. I would use. You know, <laughs> uh, but it was yeah it was nominal. Uh, people were allowed to practice their paganism as long as it was behind closed doors and mm-hmm. they didn't flaunt it in public. But yeah, it was basically uh, a decision made by one guy who went under a blanket for like 24 hours to think about it and then made a decision for the entire country hmm. in 1000 AD uh, hmm. to to become a Christian nation. Yeah. And So, so
0: I, I take it there's not a lot of interest in uh, biblical Christianity is what I would call it. Uh,
1: in iceland there's a a bunch of really nice buildings all over the countryside i mean i think by law there has to be a church every 12 miles if i remember correctly really because we have a state church and um there's a bunch of buildings really nice looking buildings uh but they're largely empty and monuments of what used to be okay uh, all right so evangelical churches do they exist there well, the state church is actually called Lutheran Evangelical Church, but it is far from what Americans would consider evangelical. Uh, I mean, there are priests within the state church that are totally f- fine with being atheists and still functioning as priests. Yeah, And uh, yeah, and not
0: really any educational opportunities for you in terms of ministry, biblical ministry.
1: No, there's a university in Iceland, um, but it's got a theological department, but there are I mean, my, my wife went there for one semester and they st- stated it in the beginning. Like, if you're here to know more about God or get closer to God, this is the wrong place for you. Hmm. And so uh, it is very, very skeptical. It, it basically rips up the Bible and says, don't believe any of this stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I really don't understand why anyone would want to become a priest after going through that education. Okay. And so, no, there's not, no infrastructure okay. here
0: like a university or anything like that for okay. for someone. With that background, then, you are a pastor of a biblical evangelical church uh, in Iceland, and you have a vision for growing those churches in Iceland. It's called the Iceland Project. So tell me about your calling. What, what are you doing and Why? Well,
1: it was actually started by Americans that came over here. There was a small church in Virginia that just decided we have a heart for Iceland. There's no missionary there. We're going to send, rotate our pastors to rent an apartment over there and try to basically start churches. They started the Iceland project and uh, Stafford Baptist Church in Virginia. And uh, basically they were looking for an Icelandic guy to to start churches, and then I was listening to a podcast because I literally didn't know what I was doing. I Googled how to start a church; like I <laughs> had no idea where to start. And so, uh, I I found these guys through listening to a podcast, and I was like, "Hey, I need to talk to them." And they basically saw me like, "Okay, we're gonna pull out. We're gonna sort of be here for you if you need help. We're, we'll jump in." I mean, and. When my son got diagnosed with cancer, they did. I mean, they sent their teaching pastor over here for three months, and you know they they have been an immense resource. Hmm. And so the the idea, uh, my prayer has been basically to see 300 churches started in the next hundred years. Wow, um,
0: you plan to live that, that long?
1: No, no, no. no <laughs> I I wanted something that was bigger than me, and I wanted a number that was like kind of ridiculous, so that they couldn't give any one guy a credit for having like an amazing plan and executing it. Right. <laughs> you know, I just want to, that's fantastic. It. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I think, yeah, we want to, we want to see this happen like more churches. It, if it were up to me, if I had the choice between helping to build one church of 2000 people or 10 churches of 200 and, and they keep giving themselves to the mission of making disciples mm-hmm. and planting churches, mm-hmm. um, if I die, man, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, 10 churches of 200 because I know the mission continues. I know Lustavan Baptist, the Kidcare, our church, is going to die. You know, huh. there is no First Baptist Church of Jerusalem anymore. You know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh. pronounce the name of your church more slowly uh, in Icelandic, and then uh, how would you translate that? It's Loftstovan Baptista Kirke, which is Upper Room Baptist Church. Upper Room Baptist Church. And are you in the Reykjavik area? Where are you?
1: Yeah, Købeburg is a is a township that would be considered sort of a suburb of Reykjavik, uh-huh. greater Reykjavik area. Okay. We've, I mean, we, we started in our living room and we've had six different places of worship since. So we don't own a building or anything like that. So we're kind of mobile
0: yep. as a church. So you have this vision for these churches. Have you seen other churches planted beside your own? Uh, we've seen one that was like <laughs>
1: planned planting of a church. Uh, so that was happening. He actually planted it like three months ago, which I don't envy a guy trying to start a church in the middle of a pandemic with lockdowns in place, but <laughs> and in winter,
0: uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they're they're meeting. We we sent out about twelve people from our church to go with them to to. Plant Redeemer City Church of Reykjavik. Logan and uh, and Carla, his wife, came over here from Mississippi to basically be a part of our church and then be sent
0: out from our church. Okay, that's a transition then, um, from Mississippi to Iceland.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's a military guy too. And the culture here in Iceland is all like, well, you know, it's all going to work out. You know, it's like <laughs> completely different. Um, so, I guess we've been a part of planning
0: one-and-a-half church, something okay. like that. Well, I've been following you online for several uh, days now, and it's so encouraging to see the Iceland Project. And we'll put links to that in our homepage, firstpersoninterview.com, so our listeners can uh, can check that out. Maybe there's some other churches and individuals as well who want to support the Iceland Project. I'm sure you'd welcome that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're 100% funded by people outside of, out of the country.
1: So we're... uh we've been very just blessed and never in my wildest dreams did I think of uh I just didn't grow up in a church that gave to other churches that just seemed like a ludicrous idea like your people are giving you 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 get a bigger sound system or, or a smoke machine or something you don't you don't give it to another church uh so I've been blown away by the generosity of people and and just yeah I'm really thankful but and I,
0: for for prayers too but I know the need exists and uh, we encourage our listeners to check that out online firstpersoninterview.com okay uh, final question for you Gunnar um, you're a man of the word you, you love God's word uh, is there something from God's word that's fresh on your heart today something you've been touched by the Lord on just or maybe a recent sermon this morning as I was working out uh, I'm one of those weird people who listens to theological
1: podcasts while working out <laughs> and uh uh, there's this one guy talking about uh, Helgi. He's a part of a Pentecostal church here in Iceland. Uh, he was talking about the Samaritan woman at the well. And we have a God that, you know, you have this Samaritan woman going to the well in the middle of uh, high noon when it's hot and no one else wants to go there to avoid people because she's ashamed of herself. And, and then all of a sudden she meets Jesus and she's turned into this radical missionary that is now running into the town to meet the people she was trying to avoid to uh, use what was once just purely shame, like her sin, saying, meet the guy who told me everything I did wrong. you know. And all of a sudden this story of hers is transformed from being like, purely about shame to all of a sudden about being redeemed and, and even her willingness to be open and honest about her failures and her mistakes. Look at how messed up I was, you know, (laughs) and then I met Jesus and it was just like, man, I need to, I need to do this. I need to, we need to do this as a church. Why, why are we pretending like we're so perfect? Like we minimize the grace of God if we want to try to try to hide away our failures. We should be worshiping God because he loves us even in our failures. What was just baggage and shame and guilt, and he gave me hope and life and victory through, this, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I mean, like, I was just like working out and and really encouraged thinking about the Samaritan woman at the well. And Jesus is going there to meet with this random woman in her shame. And it just reminds me of like, I'm in the middle of the Atlantic ocean, worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the Middle East. You know, (laughs) I'm like, just because the son of God was willing to break barriers. My forefathers were, were
0: pagan Vikings and, and I'm here worshiping the God of Jacob. That's awesome. It is awesome. That's Gunnar son, a young pastor in Iceland, with a vision to see other gospel-centered churches get established, making disciples in that beautiful country. If you'd like to learn more about the Iceland Project, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. We'll have links there that you can follow to support Gunnar's vision. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com. And although the Far East Broadcasting Company doesn't have facilities in Iceland, FEBC rejoices whenever and wherever the gospel is proclaimed. FEBC is in nearly 50 countries of the world and also has a vision for seeing churches grow and people trained in God's Word. Learn more at febc.org. FEBC, until all have heard. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person.